Welcome everybody to Panfish Nation tonight, along with James Dockery. I'm Lyle Stokes. And James, it's a pleasure to have you on here with me tonight. We're going to talk about some interesting stuff. But first, we would like to wish uh, Sheila uh, a fast recovery. I know that uh, Mark and her are having some struggles here. She's not feeling well, so I hope keep her in your thoughts and prayers, and, and Mark will appreciate it, I know. And, uh, That's right. Hopefully that, that will get lined out really, really soon. James, before, before we go to talking to everybody and about everybody, you know, you know how talking about everybody is. Yeah. I got some stuff in the mail the other day. And you'll appreciate this. I'm going to enlarge myself here. Bad ass baits. A-Z-Z baits. I got these from them. Sent these to me the other day. And I got a whole box full of them. They look really, really cool. They are two and a quarter, James, uh, which I know that's a little longer than you prefer to use uh, as a rule. But, man, don't them things look awesome? Yeah, that, those look really good. They actually. look really good. I got one more here. There's a whole box of them, but I got one more I'm going to show you. Um, and best I remember, you're not a fan of pink, but I know so many people. Actually, are. no, that's that's no, no, that's not true. I'll, I'll use pink. You'll use pink? Oh, yeah. Come on, focus. Them look really cool. They really do. But I want to thank them, guys. These things look awesome. I can't wait to try them out. Hope I can catch some crappie on them. They might be a little big for bluegills, but you never know. I might trim one down. There you go. So let me exit out of there so I don't look so big in monstrosity. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like them, and I got an old box. So I'm happy. What a good use, that's for sure. Heck, yeah, man. Yep, all the lakes and stuff around here. Weather's going to warm up really, really quick for long. So uh, <sighs> at least I'm hoping so. <laughs> Josh sent a message. <laughs> I like that. What do you say we announce some of the people that's in chat tonight, James? Go ahead. All right. Up in the air is in is uh, the first one on the list. Now, there was a couple of people here ahead of him. Mike Sampson was one of them. But uh, sometimes it resets in the beginning for whatever reason. Uh, glad to have you in here. Mike Sampson, Dan Thompson. Jay is outdoorsy. Um, if you guys haven't checked that, check Jay out. Please do so and check out his uh, uh, YouTube uh, channel. He will be our guest next week on the show. Uh, Jay ties a lot of cool jigs. He lives in New York State, so um, he does a lot of walleye stuff and uh, even some bigger things that we do, but you can adapt them all to what all we do. So it'll be a fun show. We're going to uh, really uh, enjoy having him on here. And like I say, uh, go check out his YouTube channel and uh, give him a sub. He'd appreciate it. And we we want to welcome him in here next Thursday night. There's Kenneth Takedown Catfishing, Joe Buck 66, uh, Adventures with Robin C, Real and Virtual Outdoors. Hey, Troy, how's it going? There's Mark with Catfish and Crappie. Mark will be back with us next week. Steve Ransom, uh, Nubby's Catfishing. going a little faster. There's Matt with Wannabe Outdoors. Tim Molina's in here. Dominic Hollick Fishing. Hey, Dominic, how's it going? 
Uncle Jeep, so is the angry man fishing tonight? No, he's taking a break. <laughs> Brad Caudill. I'm having to go down through. Lance McCoo guy is in here with us. Team Snag and Whiskers, Dustin. <coughs> Crappy Dave Fish on. Uh, Chucky's in here. Hey, buddy. I'm uh, James Allball. Welcome. Keith, NWPA Fishing. Good evening, sir. Oh, Get Hooked on D is in here. I don't have, I know that Katie's sitting right beside you. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's always yeah. right there. And D is absolutely the, the best field there is, trust me. Oh, so. absolutely. And a member of our channel also. Thank you. Thank you're, right. you're so special. Uh, got the Justin Fishing Fetish. Welcome, Justin. Dockery and Pops. <laughs> Creole says it's dockery time, and you're right about that. Hello, David Smith. Welcome, my friend. <clears throat> David doesn't live that far from me. He just lives down Little Rock. Don Johnson, welcome. Let's see. 61 South Outdoors. Hey, Rob. Glad to see you in here tonight. Big Slim 91. Um, let's see. Missy Kennedy, welcome. I, I have to say, um, after having Missy on the show the other night, James, or a week or two ago, um, I did go by um, Hobby Lobby. And I did get some of the stuff that was down there. And it worked out really well. Now, the other thing that I did was ordered some of the um, stuff from uh, Walmart online because my Walmart doesn't have anything. Well, you know, you've been in it. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're Walmart. <laughs> lucky if it's got four or five aisles in it. That's probably, probably it's about pretty it. tiny, yeah. But uh, I, got, uh, I got some Marabou from Walmart, and it's brand name stuff, just like you buy from any... Any any t fly tying shop, oh, right? So you can get Marabou out of there, and and it's it's good high quality stuff. So uh, I enjoyed that part of it, and yeah. this stuff's all working out good too. Actually, um, it really is. Ricky, real real, welcome. You know, uh, James, there's somebody split shot balls. We talk about you don't have to call out every name. I think um, it's funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there's there's one of one of the crew that is actually having to work tonight. I find that extremely funny. And hey, Big Bill's veteran catfishing. I I think that's funny. Uh, LG Bass, welcome. There's Mike Sampson. Fishing was a squirrel. Another guy that we're going to have on here before long and. Uh, if you haven't checked out his video about um, finding fish 
all over the place. Now, he, he has um, Lawrence stuff, James. I know well, you and I are going to talk about that here in a little bit. You don't have yep. any electronics. You, you're finding yours without them. But he does a great job of explaining how to find fish with electronics. And that's what we're going to talk about when we have him on the show. So that will there be a lot, a lot That'll of fun. Good show. Yep. There's Creo 922 Crappy Barbecue. I'm trying to go through these as fast as I can. They tell me I'm too slow at it, but Northeast Missouri Angler, welcome. But um, there, I don't think there's an end to it. We got to be getting close. I'm sure there's everybody. Uh, Parker Pursuits. KY Redneck Outdoors. I get one red and there's Melissa. Another one pops up. Yep, they do. I think Mark made Melissa or I did last week a, a moderator. We're glad to have her in here. She does such a good job on the late night stuff that they do. She does. Oh, there's the last one at the bottom of the page. It's Danny Stone Outdoors. Welcome, Danny. Glad to see you in here. That says split. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> oh, man. So, when, um, let's, let's just jump right into it, James. Okay, let's do it. You don't like fishing the same body of water too many times in a row. You want to, you want to move around. I, I do actually want to move around. Um, and, um, when you do, you always have to find, structure or fish uh in my case i feel like finding the fish if you find a structure you'll find the fish right pretty much so pretty much why don't you tell us how you find fish crappie bluegill whatever bass whatever it is when you go to a new body of water all right so the, the first thing that i'm going to do is if i'm if I'm going on a road trip, say I'm going down to visit Rob or I'm going to visit you or something like that, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up Google Earth and it's going to show me in the green areas that basically are public uh, lands, whether there's lakes, uh, rivers that run through there, streams, creeks, uh, lakes, ponds, whatever the case may be. They've got those bodies of waters on there. What I'll do from there um, is I'll see if you know, there is a one is there. There's a a website for that lake because that generally will give you a little bit of information about what's in those lakes and what you can target while you're there. Um, sometimes it's kind of a little iffy on you know because most of these these websites and stuff like that, what they'll do is they'll list your, your top fish, your bass, your channel cat, crappie, bluegill, right. and and that's it. But the thing about it is, is there are some lakes, uh, especially down around your area, uh, over east and stuff like that, that have got kind of a, a specialty fish. Uh, they're native to this area, uh, the dollar sunfish. Uh, you've got the Ozark bass, the shadow bass. You've got, you know, warmouth, all this stuff. And those are the ones that I'm going to be trying to target as either a new species I haven't caught or to try and, and beat my personal best. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to zoom out and I'm going to look at that lake or that pond or that stream, whatever, and I'm going to see where the runoffs are. 
for the run ends to where there's, you know, there may be a, a low spot where there used to be a creek or something like that before they dammed it up or, you know, a, a, an erosion spot or something like that. That tells me that at some point in time, if there's sticks or limbs or whatever the case may be falling down into that body of, or into that part of the land, it's going to end up out there in the water at some point. Now, if it doesn't get out too far, pretty much you, you're going to know exactly where the structure is because it's going to be sticking up out of the water. But a lot of times, even the small stuff, and, and a lot of people, they overlook this, structure actually can be small. It doesn't have to be these big, massive uh, red cedars or hardwood trees that the, the conservation department or something like that has, has fallen and put it into the water and stuff like that. You're going to have all of the the smaller fish, you know, up and through there, and what they're e they're eating your uh, oh your your dragonfly larva, your the damselfly larva, the small snails, their small uh, crayfish and crawfish and stuff like that inside these bodies of water, and that's why they're conjugating around through there. So that's that's going to be the first thing that I'm looking. Uh, the second is, is I'm going to go to the MDC website and most states have the, the sites and stuff like that available to the public if they have put habitat inside these bodies of water. And it could be the red cedars. It could be they've started using the, the plastic ones, which some states are, are trying to do away with and stuff like that because of, you know, it actually being plastic in the waters, um, polluting the waters and stuff like that. Um but they're gonna they're gonna GPS mark those whether you can get to them from the bank whether you get to them from a boat that kind of stuff because most of the time they kind of even out as far as where they place them in that body of water and they'll put some in for bank fishermen they'll put some in for the boaters and stuff like that. Um, a lot of times the the docks and stuff that they place the ADA docks. Uh, are a structure-free zone. There's not supposed to be anything directly below the ACA dock, but there's a really good chance that somebody has gone along and, and dropped a couple of trees in the middle of the night. So just, you know, kind of take that into consideration. Also, you know, I do anyway when I'm, I'm fishing around this area. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to start marking areas, you know, just on a piece of paper that, okay, this is where I want to try to fish first. You know, I want to see if this brush pile is still here. I'm going to try to see if this brush pile is still here. And if there are no uh, public drop-offs, then I'm going to go back to the Google Earth and, and find out where those ravines have come in. And that's where I'm going to start fishing. I'm going to start fishing, you know, 10 feet out, you know, try to get 20 feet out, 30 feet out. And I'm just going to cover that whole entire body of water where I can from the bank just using uh, my rod and reel. And if I start, you know, noticing I get some crappie or some, you know, smaller bass or bluegill or something like that, that's going to indicate to me right off the bat that there is some sort of a structure down there. It may not be big structure, but it's going to be structure nonetheless. Then what I'm going to do um, is once I start going down the the list of things, you know, that I want to make sure that this lake has it. Um, if I, if it's a target fish that I'm after, I mean, crappie, crappie fishing is my favorite. Um, I do a little bit of bass fishing, not a lot, a little bit of cat fishing, not a lot. Bluegill, I'll fish for those. If I really, you know, if the crappie are completely locked, y'all, that's when I'll, I'll start going through there, uh, to those guys. 
But I'm also doing this, you know, if I'm fishing in a my belly bag or I'm fishing in my kayak or a small John boat that I've got. Any of those will actually, you know, they work just as well too. And no, I I'm I don't have any electronics, not even a depth finder, so it's pretty much you know, row and or the little small 30 power trolling motor I think I've got is is all I've got. So that's pretty much about it. But um, once I, I I figured that out um, and I start going actually down, driving down through there, I'm looking for uh, around that area, you'll have, you know, maybe a bait shop. Bait shops, you're, you're going to get a little bit of information. You're not going to get a lot. All right. And if there's a fisherman down in there, you know, as well as I do, most of these guys, you know, they'll give you general information, but they're not going to give you exact spots. That's right. And they, they may tell you, yeah, well, they're biting, they're not biting, you know, something like that. But the best information that I've ever gotten from, you know, most people is I'll actually go and, and hit these small restaurants. And there's, there, it's odd because between the hours of like eight o'clock and 11 o'clock, there's always coffee drinkers inside these small little restaurants, always. And they're all sitting at what they call the coffee table and they're all drinking. And every single one of these, you know, have been fishing around that lake. And if you start talking to them, they'll, they'll give you some information too. And that you can take that information and move on to, you know, to other things. Um, but one thing that you've got to make sure of also is, especially if like if you're, if I'm going to fish a, a pond, all right. And it's on Missouri Department of Conservation land or it's on the Missouri State uh, Park land, stuff like that. I'm not looking just around the lake itself. I'm looking a mile, two miles out. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking for cropland. I'm looking for um, like hay fields, that type of stuff. And the reason that it, that's kind of important is anytime you have an area where you're using fertilizer on your property and stuff like that, if there's any type of runoff, that's going to run off into a creek. It's going to run off into a pond. It's going to run off into a lake. What that's going to do is that's going to give the algae and the moss and all that stuff inside of these lakes a better chance at surviving and thriving. And it's, and don't get me wrong, all right? Having plant life in your pond is it's great if it's controlled. The problem is a lot of these places they don't control it they just you know they let it go let it go let it go and then it gets away from them it, it does get away from them and then all of a sudden you've got a an algae bloom that kills up to 50 percent of the fish if not more inside these these lakes and ponds and stuff and that's usually what happens when you hear about a fish die off or a fish kill off and stuff like that is is an algae bloom has has caused all of the oxygen to be sucked out of the water and these fish are dying. So, but, uh, but that's something to, to also take into consideration and, and find out when the last time a fish kill is, or was at that body of water. You can go online and find out more information than you used to be able to even 10, 15 years ago. People, everybody and their brother, they love writing reviews, whether it's about hotels, whether it's about road conditions and, fishing lakes i mean it, it's just it's there what about uh, snowing what's that what about people want to talk about when it snows 
Well, those people are listen. I am trying to be nice and civil tonight, so let's let's stick to this. And you you save your snotty little comments until the end of the show. <sighs> and and I swear to God, if somebody does not record Lyle Snorton during this live stream, we're all going to have us go. But. Uh, but no, a lot of that information, I mean, it, it's in reviews and it, they'll they'll tell you or they'll put up a picture and there might even be a Facebook group for that particular lake or pond or whatever, or that area. Um, and that'll give you a lot of information and take information that you get with a grain of salt, because sometimes people, you know, they'll build their stuff up and. Yeah. Oh, I know that nobody's watching for me to be civil, but I'm trying this new thing this year. That I don't want to grow up when I get old and, and crippled, like you know, like Rob and stuff like that. That I'm, I'm not, you know, bitter about everything. So, <laughs> oh, he's my new target, by the way. So just because every day he seems he sends me these stupid dad jokes every day out of the blue, and it's just like, dude, really? Uh, hey Laura, uh, but, good to see but all Mr. Angler in here tonight too. But all that information is out there, and then once you figure out that you know the good spots and stuff like that, guys, everybody in the brother on YouTube tells you exactly how to fish. They do, and, and they want to be remembered, you know, for their ability to to go out and you know put you know a limit of crappie or a limit of bluegill, a limit of catfish or bass or whatever the case may be you know, in a picture to say, you know, to tell people how great and wonderful they are. Um, Here's the thing. You guys are honestly catching good, decent fish. Ignore the rest of us. Keep <laughs> doing what you're doing and, and forget about everything else. If you've got a day where you want to, you don't feel like bringing any fish home or something like that. And you think, you know what, today's the day that, you know, I'll try that little technique out. Do it then. But for the most part, Stick with what you know. What about the guys that are at the dock or wherever when you're fishing, they try to help you out right there? Oh, see, now you're just really pushing my buttons. I mean, you're really trying to get me going. <laughs> and, yes, I, I I get that quite a bit. And <laughs> You know, it, it amazes me that the guy that's sitting there catching fish gets instructions from the guy that's not even fishing. And, but, you know, and I think we do it. I, I, I do think that we all go through that, though. I mean, I you do, know, yeah. even even in videos or something like that, well, you weren't doing this right. You should have been doing it this way or should have been doing it that way. And guys, and this is and that's why I say, you know, if you're successful at catching a certain you know species of fish in a certain way, keep doing it. The hell with what <laughs> other people are trying to tell you to do. And yeah. if you are one of those people that, you know, think that you have to voice your opinion every time you go fishing to somebody that's out there on a fishing dock careful because you might end up going for a swim one of these days <laughs> you never know you never know i mean it could happen i think that is really quality information and i will tell you uh james i use avionics a lot as you know yep and on the lakes like like ozark truman uh palm de terre uh they have a lot of the structure like you was talking 
uh, submerged trees and stuff, they have a lot of that marked on Navionics. Now, I did want to go back to something you had mentioned earlier about um, some of these people uh, in these lakes, whether it be conservation department or whatever, uh, putting uh, cedar trees and stuff like that in. You'd mentioned plastic structure. Are yes. they including that now because it will last forever? Or well, is there another reason behind that? It, okay, when you put in, say, the most common one are your, your Christmas trees, your red cedars, right. that type of stuff. <clears throat> On average, those cedar trees, once they drop them in the water, will last five years. After five years, you're down to, you know, just a, a stump pretty much in the brick that they use to tie it to sink down with. Right. So they have to go out, they have to redo it. Well, they started using this plastic and the PVC and stuff like that for making these fish habitats. Here's the problem. <clears throat> you have environmentalists coming out and yelling and screaming that, you know, they're finding all these different plastics in the waters and stuff like that in the oceans and stuff like that. And, and they're actually doing more studies now of freshwater where they're, you know, they're seeing the, the plastic you know, increase the amount of plastic that they've seen in the water itself. Um, and, and guys, these are, these are microscopic plastics. Okay. They're seeing them in fish. They're seeing it in plant life, that type of stuff. And a lot of it <clears throat> is because of, of people losing things overboard or careless fishermen. They just throw their, you know, their, their used plastics back into the water after a day of fishing and stuff like that, instead of taking them home and dispose of them properly. Mm -hmm. Um, and some bodies of water have actually restricted to natural habitats only. So, but the plastic ones, they do last longer, but once somebody figures them out and this, this goes with, you know, a lot of it, we have seen where if a plastic structure is put into the water, it will attract fish. Do not get me wrong. All right. And, and they do wonderful jobs and it, they're, they're supposed to be snag free structures, but I know people that will actually get snagged up on them. I'm being one of them. Yeah. Um, and you have people that once they find them, well, they don't want anybody else to use them. So they'll move them. Really? And yeah, we, we've seen a lot of that. So you wow. go, you know, to a GPS coordinates and, and, you know, you're expecting to find, you know, a, uh, a structure there that was placed by, you know, a state department or a conservation department, somebody like that. And they're gone. And so, you know, that's that's kind of the, the thing that you need to also keep in mind is that some of these structures are old. Um, some of them may have, have gotten moved. Some of them got hooked in a boat, you know, anchor line or something like that and drug off. You may have to look around for them a little bit. So just kind of keep that in mind and, and, you know, do your homework. That's That's the main thing. I'll tell you something that always has surprised me, James. We have a lot of standing timber in these lakes around me. And some of that stuff's been standing in there for 60, 70 years. That and is the hardwood. Yeah. But to stand yeah. that long in in water, right? that's amazing. Those were, those were big, big trees. Yeah, big oaks. All right. And, and whether people want to admit this or not, Missouri is still a cold water state. Our, yeah. our water doesn't really get all that hot. The colder the water is, the longer the structure is going to last. So oh, it doesn't that, deteriorate. That as, it, right. It doesn't deteriorate as fast and stuff like that. Um, 
Now you will have certain type of trees, uh, oak, elm, you know, hickory, that kind of stuff that will, they don't deteriorate as fast. And what happens is, is it, the, the top of the tree will, you know, will eventually die out from, from being overwatered, being in the lake. And, a, you know, a storm will come along, it'll snap the top half of the tree off, and it, it falls down into the water. And you're left with a big, a pretty decent sized stump. And hopefully it's above water so that you can see it and, instead of ruining a, a prop or, you know, putting a big giant hole in your boat or something like that. So. Well, a lot of times, <clears throat> them tops, when the water's low, you'll tickle the bottom of them with your boat. Uh, but they've been hit before so many times now that the tops of them trees are big limbs now. Yes. And the way yes. the water's been the last, biggest part of the last year, uh, the water's really low. So people are probably hitting stuff that they haven't hit in years and years because all the lakes are low. And yes. uh, when, when the rivers are low, the lakes are low too. And all the yep. rivers are low right now. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, the folks up north where Don R. is and uh, some other people that's in here tonight are getting that snow that they dearly love so much because we need the melt and runoff to help us out. Uh, yeah, we, we, bad shape. I think all of our lakes up here are four to six feet low, depending on which lake you go to. Yeah. So we we've definitely have to have a lot of moisture and, and stuff like that to rebuild these stuff. But with the, the lakes being low, that does kind of work to our advantage. Um is you can you can find where you know structure may be that you never knew was there. That's exactly you know? right. Now's a great time to find stuff, uh to see things that you've haven't seen in no telling how long. You, and a lot of people have never seen it before, and, and it's a good time to go out and find structure and and creations on the bottom of, of the lakes and rivers that they've never seen before. And if you can't remember things like I can't, you need to make notes uh, yeah. and write this stuff down because it it's really uh, important to remember those places when you go back searching for fish and different kinds of fish and different kinds of structure. So uh, that's a big deal to me. Well, and not only that, but uh, like on Google Earth and, and some of these other maps and stuff like that, uh, I think Google Earth gets updated once every three years. So the picture that you're seeing when you're looking at Google Earth is is three is at least three up years to. old, up to three years old. So I just asked Keith. Um, I was really nice when I asked. Uh, I didn't make fun of him getting snow this morning or nothing else, and, but that was a few days ago. He agreed to do this. It's all lies, Keith. It's all lies. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna DV off from this real quick because I got a, kind of a funny story to tell about Keith here. Okay. So what we all know that Chad, you know, is a well, Chad. Let's face it, Chad's a dumbass. All right. <laughs> the only man dumb enough to time out Keith. All right, got Chad got you know blocked from going to CatCon and and it started this whole hoop <laughs> law and stuff like that. And then Chad went and stole Keith's you know bait you know thing that he made. Um, so last week or this week on Catfish Weekly, uh, they had a guest on there, and and of course you had trolls that just came rolling in there toward the end, and and me and I think uh, Matt was you know we were working our hardest to try to get these guys timed out and and locked from the channel as fast as we can. And Keith, Keith popped up with something in chat. 
I was a nanosecond away from being the second person that time keeps out. I thought that could not have been good at all. So time out, Keith. I I wasn't the one that did it. I know. I almost did, but it it would have been pure accident if it had been. Just so you know. Oh man! Well, that was a lot of information you give us about finding structure and 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 finding fish and things. Uh, we mentioned a little bit about the water being so low. Now, you got several uh, ponds on your pro- property up there where you guys live. Right. How low are your ponds <clears throat> on private private waters? Um, most of our we've got a couple of ponds that have actually completely dried up this year. Wow. Um, but those you have to understand the we've got nine ponds here on just on the property that we have here. Um, and when we run cattle in through there, you know, the cattle are, are drinking through the gravity flow troughs and stuff like that. So they're they're take, consuming quite a bit of it. Um, and others are just they're really, really old and they, and they should have been redone years ago. It just got away from us and we haven't done it right. you know, in a long time. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, all of all the lakes around here are low. I mean, and so it's 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 bad around here. Yeah, it, it is around here too. So, um, but not as bad as it was. And and we got uh, a, quite a bit of rain. Well, not quite a bit, but a substantial amount uh, in the last twenty four hours. So every little bit helps. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We we got a little bit of snow up here. Snow. We're not. We're no. not getting any snow. We got oh, probably about an inch there today, and yeah, it's all. Let's face pond. it; that's not going to fill your pond. Well, no, it's not going to fill our yeah. pond. No. Yeah. So no, we need a good hard downpour rain, and you know. And it's going to take a hard one that doesn't soak in. You know, you got to have runoff to fill ponds. Yeah. So you do, that, and and most of ours. And, and the ones that we've built here on the property uh, have been for erosion control purposes. So, and there's there's still in the works probably about another two or three ponds that are are going to be built. Um, and so we'll we'll eventually get those built and we'll get those stocked. And I'm just not sure with what yet. So, right. One of the things that in in my area, the um, up by Shell City places like that where I used to duck hunt, if there's a pond being built in a field out there, it's an irrigation pond. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, of course they have fish in them and the same thing else, but they're usually put in a spot where the guys don't want you driving out there to get to them or even walking out there to get to them. Now we used to lease a lake uh, to duck hunt on and it was probably, I'm going to say five acres. It was really, really deep. But it it had it was set in the middle of a huge cornfield, and it was seven miles from Shell City. It was a perfect distance when when the uh, the ducks come up in the morning off of the refuge and they go out to feed. They hit that cornfield and it was game on. It was a it was game on then. Oh yeah. yeah, it was a great place to duck hunt. We had a floating blind on all stuff. Wish you'd but, kept all those feathers that you from them ducks yeah, you shot years ago. Now, huh? <laughs> I sure do. But um, you know, those those ponds 
are a resource that if you can get in with somebody, because those guys don't care about them fish. As a general rule, no. they'll go no. fish it one or two times a year, and that's it. You know, See, they, and that's they they work. They're, they're, that pond is put there to make them money. So if you right. get in with one of them guys that's had ponds in there for twenty years, there's no telling what size fish is in them ponds. Right. See, and our one of the problems that we run into around here um, is, you know, we, we've got quite a few acres of land here. We've got quite a bit of pond and, you know, my backyard is 40, nothing but timber for 40 acres. Um, the the farm next to us, uh, they've got probably close to 5,000 acres. Then there's another one up the road that is related to Katie, and they've got probably close to 10,000 acres. Wow. Uh, and I have access to, to, to fish all of these ponds and, and stuff like that. And, and I do from time to time. I, I generally stay away from um, fishing, you know, private ponds and stuff like that, just kind of as a rule of thumb. I, it's, it's nothing personal, but I mean, if it's, I can't get out anywhere, it's somewhere to, for me to go as a backup. And I don't want to run the risk of either, you know, leaving trash behind because trust me, People are jerks when it comes to trash. Yes, they are. And that's that's how a lot of people lose a lot of good private ponds and lands and stuff like that is, is because you know you allow one person. Well, that one person takes their buddy, and their buddy ends up like, well, he got permission, and you know they gives me permission to go whenever I want. And he takes a, a crew in there, and next thing you know, there's beer cans and cigarette butts and you know yep. bait containers left behind, and the farmers just like, no, you're done. So and that. That's the worst thing can happen to somebody that's got property is I'm leaving. It, it ruins it for everyone. Yeah. really does. Melissa wants to know, James, are you still doing your show, Dockery Tide Jigs Workstation and more? Uh, every great once in a while I am, but you guys have to understand that right now, uh, this is a really busy time of year for, for Katie and I. Um, we... A lot of you know that we volunteer for the Missouri Department of Conservation. Uh, last year, we started to volunteer for the Missouri State Parks, teaching some of the classes that we've, we've taught for Missouri there. And now we are, uh, we just got to fill the paperwork out. We've already talked to one of the head honchos of Outdoor Skills of America. Uh, they also need help, and they're a they're a, an actual true nonprofit organization that brings disabled hunters and and uh, fishermen and stuff like that, and actual regular people into the outdoors and help them get started as far as knowledge of you know the hunting and the fishing aspect to what to expect and how to do it. So, so when we have free time and we're not running, you know, and doing meetings or classes and all this stuff, then I'll pop in and do a show. But it was never meant to be, you know, a full-time gig. I I am not a YouTuber, guys. I can't, I, I, I'm really not. So, but it'll eventually, I'll eventually do another show or Josh will pick a night and do a tie night or Lyle will or Mark will or Chad will. And we'll just jump on there and, and cut loose. Okay. I know I live in Northeast Missouri. I knew that. There's a great that. comment. People who don't pick up their trash are garbage themselves. That that is very very true. That is very true. It, yeah, it really is. And, and that's that was another thing. Uh, Katie and I are part of Missouri Stream Team, so we go out and pick up all that garbage and stuff that people leave behind, and 
And and look, I smoke. I, I'm be the first to admit that, but I don't leave my cigarette butts behind. I I'm not. I don't want somebody fishing in my ashtray. I'm sure the hell not gonna you know use their fishing spot as an ashtray. So yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. If, if you're if you're smoking out on the water, take you a bag to put your cigarette butts in, guys. I mean, seriously, it, it's not gonna kill you to take them home. Unless, unless you leave them in your pocket and don't pull them out, your wife washes your jeans or shirt. How does that work out for you? Not very well. <laughs> and most of this information that I'm giving you guys is firsthand knowledge. <laughs> from me. Um, I want to touch on something else to see if you know anything about this. There is a... Um... Uh, on the east side of the state, there is a bunch of trout fishing places, and there's a name for it, and I can't recall what it is, where it's a, a deal that you fish these trout places, and you can earn recognition for fishing so many of them or all of them or something. Are you? Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a bronze medal, a silver medal, and a right. gold medal. Mm -hmm. I'm really not familiar too often much with that uh i read about it oh a couple of years ago when they very first started it and i thought hey that's something for me to do and well life just kicked me straight in the teeth and it was just like you know that's it yeah yeah i understand but uh yeah i didn't know if if you was aware of that i was not and just became aware of it in uh, the last couple of weeks uh watching some guys uh, videos online and I've watched so many that the trout stuff I had and so I watched a few of them and they kept talking about this and that's why I was going to ask you about it and I was going to save that for tonight. Most, a lot of states and stuff like that, uh, they have some sort of a big fish uh, award program if you catch a big fish and you release it back into the water. Um, I, I think Ohio gives out pins, uh, Missouri I know gives out certificates uh, I'm not sure about the other states and stuff like that, but uh, what do they call I, that in Missouri? Uh, uh, Master Angler. Award. Master Angler, yeah, and I think you're right. I think most most states have a deal like that, and the fish have to be a certain size to qualify yes. for the master. But you can get a man. And I know you're a whole record holder of several of those Master Angler uh, awards, but right, they have to be a certain size in every species. Yes. Well, um, yeah, that's, that is true. Um, and I've got one Missouri state record right at the moment. It's, uh, the shovelhead sturgeon. Um, but I've had golden eye shad. Uh, my son has the green eared sunfish at the moment. I do believe, um, for alternative, but these, these awards, you know, and they're no more than bragging. Cards, all <laughs> yeah. You know, just, just accomplishments, you know, of say, hey, what look, you know, I can do this. And, you know, well, it is, you know, and but I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I probably fish just a little bit too much. I mean, I really don't think so. I've got a doctor that says I've got a doctor that says, you know, that I don't. But, you know, Katie gets uppity sometimes when I'm like, hey, I want to fish today. If you, you know, have a doctor like, that says it's OK, you're kind of home free. Well, see, that's kind of what I thought too, but apparently Katie's, you know, Katie rules the roost and she kind of. If you quit catching her chicken and trying to use it for bait. <clears throat> listen, I don't catch the chicken to use the chicken for bait. I catch the chicken to pluck the feathers to use the feathers to make flies and jigs. 
<laughs> and then I turn the chicken loose back into the yard. <laughs> That's right, Jerry. Jerry says the Master Angler Awards requirements aren't out of reach. For no, and they're people. they're really not, guys. They're, I mean, um, I think last year I had, I want to say around twenty five to thirty uh, fish that qualified for Master Angler. Now, can you get that more than once on the? Same? Oh yeah, you can. You can get uh, you can get them as multiple times as you want okay. and stuff like that. Uh, my thing is, is I, once I get one, that's it. I, you know, I move on to the next species that I'm, I'm targeting and stuff like that. And that's what, you know, that's usually what I'll do some years is, is I will go after, uh, what we call niche fishing, you know, where it's not the common fish, it's, you know, a sucker or, uh, you know, a, a certain type of a sunfish or something like that. That's not really all that common. Um, you know, but I feel like I, you know, I want to target it. So that's what I do. You know, you, you, um, mentioned the dollar sunfish uh, earlier in the show. Yes. I it was not aware that we had those in Missouri. I thought they was further South. Than no, no, there's, there's some in some, some small streams and, and creeks and stuff like that in, uh, Eastern, uh, Missouri, uh, Southeast Missouri and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, they're cute little boogers. They they are they are and and don't get me wrong some of the the species of fish and stuff like that of the the sunfish category and stuff are they're really not pretty fish they're really not but I mean it's I still a fish, how many so. people have used them for flathead bait probably more than you could think <laughs> I bet you're right I'm I'm thinking that you know any any fish you know that looks like a, a sunfish and let's be honest. A good chunk of people, you know, if they catch a bluegill, whether it's a, a red-eared sunfish, a green sunfish, you know. They're all bluegills. They're all bluegills. Yeah. So, they're you know, they perch. don't know the difference. They people, just. Where yeah. I grew up, a lot of people call everything's a perch. And they're not. Yeah, well, I see. And, and perch is a totally different species of fish altogether. So. That's correct. Michael Murillo says, when I found your name in the Missouri State Fishing Records, I thought it was Austin, Mr. Doggery. That isn't any little thing in my book. That's great stuff. And I agree with you, Michael. I really do. If you can make it in the state record books, you that's an accomplishment. Parker said, caught state record red ear, didn't realize it a few years back and released it to the grease. Uh, Ain't nothing wrong with that. Hey, listen. Uh, I, they're pretty I, good eating. Katie caught the state record white bass here four years ago, and I filleted it up, not even realizing it until <laughs> afterwards. And it was I'm like, sure proud of you. <laughs> you know, we was we was on a skipjack trip, and Doc Lang was down there, and he had his grandson who is now in college. He was eight years old at the time, and I caught a th over three pound skipjack. We was on a skipjack fact-finding mission, you know. Mission, yeah. And uh, Doc says, man, you should have turned that in. That's got to be a state record. He said, it's just the state record. It's just over three pounds. I said, it's already froze up and in the vacuum seal bag. It's too late. Yep. It's, it's turning into bait. <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking it back out to, to have it checked. So, you know, James, one of these nights when we have you on here, I think we could make a show out of talking about the 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 uh, Gold the with the awards that you can win from from Missouri, uh, and and I know other people could check 
their states and find out. But uh, the Master Angler Awards is is like you say, it's not that hard to do, but you got to work at it a little bit to get it done. And we could go over some of the the things that that are on that. I have a list of it printed out somewhere around here. But yeah, so do that, I. That well, might make yeah. a pretty fun show to do. That way, people can see that it's really doable. But you know, and here's here's the thing. All right, and. And people need to understand this. And the Master Angler Awards are really, really actually pretty easy to get. The biggest obstacle in your way, going fishing. You got to go. Turn off, turn off the YouTube cameras, you know, leave your cell phone in your pocket and just fish. Yep. And, you know, and if you fish enough, you're going to get lucky enough to trip over a yep. couple of decent sized fish. Point like and simple. That's exactly right. And if you're interested in doing a Master Angler Award, you can print all that information out off of the Missouri Department of Conservation website, put it in one of them clear things that you put in a notebook page. I don't know what they call them, but clear plastic, and you slide that down in there, and then you'll know what the specifications are when you go out. Just keep it with you. And if you're right. if you go a lot, you'll eventually find one that, that qualifies you for whichever type of fishery. And then just you just take the measurements and stuff and send it in to them. Um, I think they should require a picture. They do not. They don't, but you can actually submit a picture and they will actually picture, right. right. And they will actually print that picture on your certificate and stuff like that. Um, to give you guys kind of an idea, um, I think the the bluegill requirements for a master angler in Missouri is only a pound. Crappie is, is two pounds, but you can also oh, go buy bluegill's pretty good size fish. <laughs> yeah, but you can also go by length. So if your fish but, isn't you know, heavy enough, then you can you know go by length and stuff like that too. So Mark says the Illinois Master Angler Award is pretty difficult. You need five trophy class fish of a different species. At least that's what it was two years ago. See, and that was that's something that I've actually been talking to see about uh, is is making it a little bit more harder, you know, to to actually receive some of these awards and stuff like that for the, the fishing and stuff, and and make it worth you know people getting out and actually spending time out on the water. So, but yeah. they're well, not going to change their yeah their their I, ways, know, I, just as I say. No, probably not. Um, maybe maybe something to think about, James, is um, leave the Master Angler Award where it's at and then call it something else and have a, a harder to reach, like yeah. the Illinois one is, for some the other people that have already accomplished everything they want to do at the Master, to, uh, like a notch above, you know. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how I'm, to do it, but somebody I, can figure that out if they wanted to. Yeah. I think at last time I checked, I had, I want to say 23 different species that I have actually gotten the Master Angler Awards on. 23. Um, but I, over the years and stuff like that, you know, you put them in a drawer thinking, oh, I'm going to frame them and hang it up. And it's just, they start collecting. So I I've got some hung up, others I have, you know, Katie's I, got put them somewhere. I used to do that with um, uh, tagged banded geese and ducks and yep. i would always send the stuff in they send you a little certificate back 
and I was always going to do that. Well, I never did do it. And the other day I found some from the 1990s where I had killed them and sent them in. I found a stack of them about this thick I got in, in a year or two, you know, and I wow. thought, man, I should have done something with that. And I really should have. But that's like NASCAR diecast. You know, yeah. I got well, pretty good selection of them, and I always had it in my mind that I was going to build an oval racetrack. And when we was in the business, I would mount that up and change it out every year and put the new cars on that. The cars so in there. Walked in the shop, they could see that, and now all they do is sit in the totes out in the shed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and another of the the programs here that Missouri offers is sometimes they'll actually go out and, and tag. Uh, Oh, they'll take crappie or flathead or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And what they're doing that for is uh, for a survey, you know, to, to see exactly how many of these fish are actually being caught and stuff like that, um, that they're that they're stocking into these waters. And a lot of times these these tags that they are using are worth twenty five to fifty bucks a pop. Yeah. So if you can catch one of those, you know, yeah, you it might pay for a. Uh, you might mention where they tag those fish. And, and by the way, before anybody starts in on this, I have begged the Missouri Department of Conservation to let me have a stocking uh, tagging program. It is against the law in Missouri, and the fine is astronomical if they catch you tagging a fish in the state of Missouri. Exactly. They are the only ones that's going to tag fish in Missouri. So, and you can actually, there was, there was a, a guy up here a while back that was using a hole punch. <clears throat> and he was punching a hole and and exactly and that's what they they got him for that and the fine was yeah it's you yeah, got, it's you, you it. yeah yeah and that's I, not, if you if you put your own habitat or you know your structure and stuff like that if you're dropping trees in for you know crappie and stuff like that check your regulations because there's right. some links and stuff like that that allow it and some others you know, I know uh, Thomas Hill. One of the the requirements for there is is you actually have to mark on a GPS. You're supposed to mark on a GPS where all those structures are, but they don't. But they you know. tell me at Lake Ozark, um, right after Christmas time, usually every year that at night you can hear boats running all over that lake, dropping Christmas trees in areas yep. all over because they don't want anybody to know where they're putting them. Well, and I'm sure you know, that's and, right, you know. And that's, it's the same thing on Mark Twain. Um, you know, they'll, there's a large group of people that'll go out and, and drop their own structures in and stuff like that. And every year, the Missouri Department of Conservation and Mark Twain Lake itself, they will, they, they beg people come out and help us build these, you know, these structure beds and stuff like that. And they may get 10 or 15 people to show up and that's it. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it usually takes a lot longer than what it should. If, if people would just, you know, pitch in and get it done. Yeah. I, uh, you know, one of these days, here's a thought that we'd meet up at Mark Twain and go fishing with Dennis up there, Northeast Missouri angler. Hey, there we go. Well, he was down at, uh, I saw a while ago where he said he was down at uh, Thomas Hill uh, a couple of times. I haven't been down there this year. Uh, so I, I don't know how the fishing has been or, or anything, but I know from the bank, the last, though, the last time I was down there, I fished all along uh, T-Bridge and the ADA dock, and it was just, 
every cast you were catching on somebody else's structure or crappie bed, whatever you want to call them. And it just, it gets aggravating after a while. Yeah. So. I, um, I, I can't remember the last time I was at Thomas Hill. Uh, my, there's a place over there where you used to ride dirt bikes and four wheelers and three wheelers and. Uh, that's a state park. Yeah, I, I that's the last yeah. time I was over there though was back in them days, and that was before I had kids, and they're forty years old. So, you know, yeah. it's been a long time since I've been in that area at all. So, well, yeah, if yeah. got any more questions or got any questions for James, now would be a great time to get them out of here before we wrap her up. But um, yeah, we're gonna. We got some plans and some stuff that's going to happen this year, and and uh, James and I are going to have to get together and do some more fishing. That's all. I'm gonna trying to get down through there and hopefully fish Pompeii with you and Ozarks and Truman and stuff like that. How far is Mark Twain from Glad Mountain? I don't have any idea where. Glade or Glad Mountain is. Uh, Mark Twain Lake is in the north east, north central part of Missouri. So it's it's up there by it's up in Dockeryville. Yeah. It's a long way for me. Uh Mark, I'm I'm depending on how big the Christmas tree is, um, but most generally about five years. Five years you want to refresh any type of, of natural habitat that you've put in to any body of water. And a simple concrete block will hold almost yes, yes. of those. And for for those of us oh. that live actually up where you know we, we get ice to actually ice fish, um, if you drop that tree out on the ice, you don't even have to use a brick or anything. You can just set it out, out there on the ice. Now, granted, somebody may move it around or whatever the case may be, but when that, if you do it right around Christmas time, by the time that that ice thaws out, that tree will automatically fall to the bottom right there without any weight or anything like that. So, but you're better off actually using a brick or something like that to weigh it down because if somebody, you know, gets a hold of it with a, a line or something like that, they'll drag it in. And trust me, I've seen people use 20 and 30 pound test line, use it for fishing for crappie. So they will pull that all the way in thinking it's a big fish or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> Snagging from spoonies. <laughs> yeah, that's Thank exactly. Thank you so much. We we enjoy having James on the show. He does a great job, and and he's a wealth of information. And and James, I really appreciate you coming on here tonight. Uh, and, and I want to make sure everybody keeps Mark and Sheila in their thoughts and prayers because uh, uh, we need to get things back on the straight and narrow over at his place. And and uh, Mark will be back next week, so uh, we should yes. be back on the straight and narrow but uh you know the information that you shared with everybody tonight was really quality stuff and and uh finding fish in my mind a lot of it's finding the right kind of structure and if you can find if you can find those places like you was talking about that's got those drop cedar trees or whatever in there Check these places out, uh, yep. avionics. The uh, Missouri Department of Conservation marks in places every time they make a structure, a uh, hidden structure place. So you can find that stuff. Go fish them. That's why they put it in there for. 
I mean, exactly. And guys, and if you want, especially if you're talk to your, your conservation department, they are more than willing to work with you. If you think that an area that you've been fishing needs structure for panfish and ask them about it. Yeah. And they may work with you to, you know, to either allow you to place it in there or they'll actually go and, and cut the trees down and, and drop it in there. Yep. And, you know, so work with them. That's it's not you're not going to change them unless you actually start helping them. Well, Point that's like exactly right. You know, they, they'll work with you if you'll help them do some things. Right. And, and it doesn't and, hurt no, to volunteer for, to help them. Right. And. And, and that's that's the the key thing. And if you're if you want to make changes, you're going to have to step up. That's right. Putting writing a firmly letted or worded letter on a letterhead and saying that you're a big corporation or a five hundred c three that demands you know a state change their laws, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get them to do you know what you're wanting. Show up at the meetings. That's right. Show you up at, a, you know. You have to make an attempt. Even if you're the only one there, talk to the talk to them. Talk yep. to the fisheries biologists. Talk to the game wardens. Talk to the area supervisors. The, all that stuff. Get in the game. If you're truly, truly, you know, into conservation and stuff like that, get involved. Um, I saw Luke Hinges was in here. He Luke is. is. Welcome, yeah, Luke. Luke is, is, you know, he's on uh, a board. Uh, several. Several boards yeah. on on fishing up, in, you know, in his area. Uh, you know, he does a lot of work. This is the type of things that we're going to have to, we're, or the people that we're going to need if we are actually going to make changes that we would want to see. As far as pay lakes, um, and I'm not saying all pay lakes are bad. I'm talking about the ones that are taking fish out of, you know, the Mississippi and the Ohio and those type. Um, yeah. If you're going to make those changes, what's that? Nobody cares if they have farm-raised channel cat pay lakes. No, nobody does. Nobody or carp. Or carp. Yeah, or or nobody cares if they got those. Nobody, nobody cares. But when you're nobody pulling, cares. you know, 40, 50, or 60 pound fish out of the mis Missouri and Mississippi, Ohio, all those rivers to put into a pay lake just to have them die. That's when you can start that's pissing when you have a problem. That's right. Yep. Oh, and by the way, just so everybody knows, Luke was the original add-on son. Yes, he was. <laughs> but he, he lost that status. <laughs> he knows what he did. He knows what he did. <laughs> oh man Luke we got to get you back on here one of these days. we haven't had you on a show in a long time it's about time uh, James thank you again for coming in tonight and helping us out tonight and, and sharing the wealth of information and I'm looking forward to getting together with you doing some fishing this year it's, it, we're going to have a great time whether we catch any fish or not they, they, so, that's just it the last yep. time we got together, I didn't catch any fish, but I had a wonderful time. So if we can do that again. Yeah, but the time before that, you you only caught a pike, I do believe. Yeah, it wasn't much. Cindy, Katie, and me caught all the fish. Yeah. yeah. So, That's okay. I don't care. Huh? I don't care. I got Just the saying. Boat. Well, got no, boat. Cindy has the boat. Cindy is the boat. 
Excuse me. I, you're right about that, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching tonight. Be sure to tune in next Thursday night. We're right after the bait shop, as always. And Monday night, Catfish Weekly comes on at 7 o'clock, followed by the Catfish and Crappie Podcast. See you then. See ya.